0: I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill board housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. This is a Soul Fire production. Lovers, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining me again for another journey through sexual alchemy today. Man, I don't know how all of you have been this past week, but I'm just gonna say from my perspective, it has been a week over here. In terms of when I'm recording this, um, last weekend is when I left for a several-day plant medicine journey. And I got home on Monday and work promptly hit with the force of a hurricane this week. So I basically felt like I've been crawling through every day in survival mode. And here we are on Saturday. And it's so hard to believe that just a week ago, I was sitting in ceremony processing lots of life. But despite the hecticness of this past week, There's just been a lot to be grateful for, and I just want to say thank you to you guys, this little community that we're starting to build over here, uh, because I've had the chance in the midst of all of the craziness to communicate with quite a few of you this week, and it's always just so gratifying and heartwarming to hear from you. So just wanted to throw a little bit of gratitude out there and thank all of you who have reached out for your words and for your outreach. It's meant a lot to me, and it's helped carry me through some of this week. But we are here to record. We're here for another show this week. And so it's time to let you in on the treat that I have for you. And the treat that we have this week is none other than John, otherwise known as Hi There Catsuit, from What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, which is the Dating Kinky Podcast podcast. What Women Want began as a show about making connections, and it evolved into a show that examines how people become their authentic selves. And John has been hosting that show since its inception and since October of 2021, after he connected with Nookie, the founder of Dating Kinky, via a column he had written about men and their unsolicited dick pics, which appeared on FetLife. John himself has an award-winning background in broadcasting going back more than 35 years and has appeared as a talent on national networks as well as regional and local stations. And then on the scene side of things, Hi There Cat Suit, is a bottom-leaning switch who's known for his trademark spandex suits, which led to his name. John, welcome to Sexual Alchemy today. I am so happy to have you here.
1: I am so happy to be here and... I know what you mean when you talk about it's been quite a week. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: we were meant to record
1: earlier this week and and life
0: got in the way.
1: And then right after that, we had three inches of ice followed by three inches of snow. And today's the first day in about four that I've been able to go anywhere. So (laughs) it has been quite the week. Yes. But I am so happy to be finishing this Saturday
0: with you. Oh, well, I'm so happy to be finishing it with you, so thank you for being here. <laughs> so I know we kind of gave a bit of an intro here to the two parts of you, right? We have John, and we have, hi there, Katsu. and I would love for you to take us through a little bit of your journey that bridges the gap between the two. Um, so wherever you feel compelled to start, I'm going to hand the mic over to you.
1: Well, I was born into society, as it were, in Washington, D.C., to a government family. Uh, My grandfather was actually a member of the cabinet. My mom was rather prominent. My father was in an industry where he was very well known. And my childhood was spent being the youngest child of my two amazing parents. And they brought me up in a manner that they did not hide their adult socialization from me. If they had a dinner party, I wasn't sent off to some room, I got to be able to talk to people. And so that enabled me to really be able to start communicating with people at a young age. So when uh, it came time for me to be a teenager and start going to debutante parties, I said, hold on a sec. I'm not comfortable with that. Mm. I don't want to be seen as this bastion of society. I'm just John. Mm. And part of that came from the fact that there was this other side to me, which nobody knew about. It was the one that would eventually become Katsuit. And that was the one that did not have anybody give him the sex talk. Mm. So I was about as naive as it comes when you're talking about sex. And as a matter of fact, the first time I ever achieved an orgasm, it was as a result of watching the Batman 66 series and seeing Catwoman tie up Batman. Mm. And then the second time I ever had an orgasm, it was Batgirl and Emma Peel and so on and so on. So it wasn't any sort of, hey, I'm doing this to myself and it's an orgasm. I didn't even know what was happening. Yeah, I honestly didn't. So the investigation of that part of me became this whole other side of me that I kept on binging and purging. I'd get bondage magazines or get tights and leotards, and then I'd throw it all away. Mm. And then I'd get them all again, and then I'd throw them all away. Mm. All in this desire to be normal. And then what I discovered was there isn't any normal. What I discovered when I got married at age 30 was that Not everybody understands kink. And I went into a 20-year marriage with someone who didn't. And they shamed me from the very first time I even put on a catsuit just to see what she would think. And she said, oh, God, what the hell are you doing? Get out of that. That's weird. I don't ever want to see you in that again. And because I was wanting to be with somebody, I put that to the back of my mind and I tried to have a, a, a wonderful marriage. Well, I had two amazing kids out of the marriage, mm-hmm. but when those kids graduated from high school, I said, I need to go be my authentic self. So I did, I took a job, uh, moved, uh, moved about th- four hours away, uh, was working for a major sports team and uh, discovered a kink community. And when I discovered this kink community, it came from somebody I had met here in Cincinnati who scared the living hell out of me. I mean, the first time I ever saw him play, he was playing with his submissive and he was beating the hell out of her. And then he was going to, he was going to top a friend of mine. And I saw him beating with a cane, my friend, and I'm sitting there grimacing going, are you okay? Yeah, right. (laughs) And I said to this guy, I said, you scare the hell out of me. He says, hold on a sec. Brings his sub over and says, tell him what you're feeling when I hit you. And she said, it's the only time that my mind is calm and clear. And I went, oh, okay. So, as I, uh, a few years earlier, I had had my first scene when I lived in Dallas with a lovely uh, Dame, and she did some light CBT on me. That wasn't something that I was interested in doing, but that's what we did, and she tied me down to a bondage table and made me perfectly motionless in my cat suit and then unzipped the zipper and decided to use some clothes pins hmm. but that's that's really beside the point. The point yeah. was when the scene was finished, I got up and I started crying, and I didn't know why I was crying, yeah. And then I realized it, that for the first time at that point, in more than a dozen years, I wasn't thinking about what happened before. I wasn't thinking about what I had to do. I spent 45 minutes living in the moment. Mm. And I had not done that in years. And so that's what kink became to me the ability to be in those moments. And you notice I haven't talked about sex at all during this Mm. because kink and sex have rarely been together with me. It's always about being in the moment and understanding a new part of myself one that went from sensation play because my catsuits, and we can talk about this a little later, but my catsuits are basically a compression sensation amplifier. When you touch a catsuit, and ladies, when you're at home with your leggings on or wearing pantyhose, take your hand and just rub your hand across your leg and you'll notice that it's a lot more than five fingers. It suddenly is this whole area that is being caressed. Yeah. Because the material is caressing you at the same time. And that's what I was really enjoying. And then I had had a really tough week. And I said to somebody, why don't you do some impact on me? And then I said, you can't hit me hard enough, because for the first time, the next step was I was feeling something that was real. Mm-hmm. I was feeling something that took my breath away and took my head away and took me to a place where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And my, my journey has evolved from there. But with me, my journey is having to ask for every single scene. I don't have people coming to me saying, hey, Katsu, let's play. Yeah. I have to ask for every single one. With the exception of an amazing woman that I call my queen, Mm. we practice simply love. And what that means is we simply love each other. I declared my love for her at Winter Wickedness, which is a kink convention. She declared her love for me in a knighting ceremony where she is my queen and I am her knight. Mm. And afterwards, everyone came up to me and said, how long have you all been dating? Are, are, are you all sexually active? I When did you have time to do this? And I said, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not dating. We're not sexually active. We simply love each other. Mm. And to this day, that woman is my best friend. And when we get together, we do scenes because she's very much a sadist. And she enjoys just taking me to an edge that I can trust her to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I I have that relationship that I can count on, but she's two hours away, so it's not as though, hey, let's go play. Right. Uh, I did have a dame who worked with me, uh, but then when COVID hit, she went back for the holidays to Georgia and didn't come back. Mm. So I am now in. Uh, I brought you up to the present day, if I haven't bored you already. Not Uh, at all. I'm
0: sitting here fascinated with this So I I brought you
1: up to the present day, where tonight I'm going to go meet with a couple who's the lady is uh, wanting to get into the dom side of her, which she has never had. And they have talked to me about what it would be like for me to be her sub, When she has a dom of her own. So it's kind of like this three-way dynamic. And we're going to start talking about it and seeing what can happen and where it may go. It may not go anywhere. But the curiosity of just wanting to open myself. And and so there was a wonderful um, dom who said to me once, John, the amazing thing about you is you'll try anything. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not one of those things where I have no limits. It's like, I'll try impact. I'll try rope. Yeah. Uh, I'll try different implements. And I'm always up to at least giving it a try. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am
0: right now. Oh, beautiful. What a wonderful share. I just was sitting here kind of living it with you. I know I felt I felt your emotion and I felt all the things that you were were sharing. So thank you for that. So obviously the parts of yourself that you're exploring today are the parts that felt like you never got to give them voice and give them any light of day, you know, and and so when you're doing that for the first time in your life and you know, more mature years, it it is a different a different time, a different place. Another thing that I, as I read through some of your blogs, you know, just kind of getting to know you a little bit before we had the chance to talk today, one of the things that really struck me, and obviously you just demonstrated the exact same thing with your words that you shared about, you know, your life and what brought you to the point you are today is just how open-hearted you are and how vulnerable you are. And I am curious if that is something that has come about more now that you have gotten in touch with this side of yourself, you know, the catsuit side, or is that something that has always been present for you, this this innate vulnerability that is just so heartwarming?
1: I think it's always been there. I used to say when I was dating as a teenager, I tend to, to just... Uh, give my heart to anybody who will listen. Uh, and that can, that can hurt me too. Sure. But I have always seemingly been this vulnerable. I, the only secret that I ever really kept was the kink side of me, and now I don't keep that from anybody if they ask about it. Um, in a non-public facing job, so it makes that a lot easier than when you're holding a microphone that has a major network uh, mic flag on it. It's a lot (laughs) easier to do now. Sure. Uh, I think that part of my vulnerability comes from my absolute desire for people to understand me. Mm. In this day and age, you hear about the not all men movement Mm -hmm. in this day and age, a man of 58 years old, who I am, who is a cis male, who is straight, can message a woman at any time. And in 98 to 99% of those messages, the woman receiving it will believe that I have a sexual agenda behind it. Yeah. Because so many men have portrayed that they think with their dicks instead of their minds, mm-hmm. instead of their hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's been heartbreaking for me. Mm. Because for people to believe that someone like this actually exists. It's, it is a little bit like a unicorn. And recently I met two wonderful young ladies and I say young ladies because they're in mid thirties. They're not really that young, but young Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And I was attracted to both and I had lovely conversations with both. But by the time I was able to actually meet them, somebody else had already hooked up with them. Mm. And one friend of mine said, you really looked like you were interested and you wanted to date her, and it was probably coming off as that. And I said, I'm just trying to connect with people so I can feel as though I can make a difference in their life. Hmm. One of them just sent me a text just minutes before this podcast. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate our new friendship. I don't have a lot of friends in this community so far who don't treat me like a piece of meat. I hope you know how wonderful you are as a person.
0: Hmm. And so you're making that difference.
1: It is trying to make that difference. So I, as I said, I am an open book. I am what you see. And I want, uh, my mantra is make a positive difference every damn day. And the reason the damn has to be put in there is sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes you have to work at it. Sometimes you have to make people believe that you're really trying to make a positive difference. And this is my hallmark of, of anything that I've done in my kink life and now in my quote real life at winter wickedness this the same place where i became knighted yeah i was part of a scene where a woman who had not played in a couple years had had a bad relationship was scared to get back into kink again had gained weight not feeling good about herself wasn't even sure she was going to come to the convention but came to the convention and had her first scene back in about 18 months And I had brought all these little notebooks that I had bought for five for a dollar at a grocery store called Mark's. And Mark's had these little notebooks and they all said, uh, things are going to get better, or I'd rather be kissing in Paris or just cute little things on them. And this lady had this scene and during the scene, she was blindfolded and she didn't know that there were dozens of her friends there. I w- that's dozens is too many, but about a dozen of her friends there. And between impacts, we would go up and whisper something like, You don't realize how beautiful you are. Mm. Your beauty comes from your heart, not your looks. People love you every day. Never forget that. And we each added our own take on it. While her scene was going on, we were writing what we said to her in one of these notebooks. And after the scene, we presented it to her. And I said to her, this notebook is a continuing journey. You write things that people say about you. You write good things that happen to you. You write things that make you feel good about yourself. And you take inventory of the small victories. Because when you're having a shitty day, you can open up the notebook and remember how people truly feel about you. Well, I have probably given out a 100 notebooks since then. (laughs) And I have about 100 sitting over there on that table ready to give to people I connect with. I gave it to my team at work when I became their team lead, all with the same intention of remember those small victories. And when you're having a rough day, go back and remember what people really think of you, not what they think of you at that moment. And so, I guess that is you. This is a very long answer to a very short question, but vulnerability with yourself allows you to go back and understand the true meaning of what you do and the things that you do that make that are so special and the things that you can do that make a difference. The other thing that I will say about this is. I went to therapy for many, many years after my dad died because he was my rock. Mm -hmm. And I've had two, possibly three therapists say the exact same thing. John, you are nearly impossible to work with because 99% of the people who walk in here are selfish. You're so unselfish. We need to convince you to take care of yourself. And that's been my downfall. Yeah, I, I was, haven't been able to figure out how to take care of myself. Yeah. It's so
0: beautiful because I'm sitting here thinking, God, what a gift you're giving all these people that you come into contact with. And A, my first thought is, are you doing that for yourself? <laughs> and my second thought is, is anybody else doing that for you too?
1: And at the current time, uh, I would say my queen does. Yeah. I have some friends who, who try. But it's very hard for me to accept love, and mm. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot of times because I was so talented at what I did, people come to me and they need something from me. Hey, John, can you make a video? Hey, John, can you take a picture? Hey, can you do a graphic? Hey, John, can you do this? And they knew me because of what I could do for them, not because they just wanted to be around. So when I say that my phone doesn't ring a lot, I'm not lying. I'm not the guy that that people automatically say, hey, you want to go to a ball game? You want to go to a, a concert? Luckily, a couple friends of mine have done that lately, but I give, 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 and the selfish side of me goes, "Can I really take?" <laughs> or the unselfish side of me goes, "Can I really take?" And when you said that, do people do this for me? That's what I sit around and wonder why. And it's hard for me to think of that. You hear this confident guy on this podcast talking to these amazing dominant women and and celebrities in our business, and here's all that confidence. Yeah. But then at the end, I'll really feel like I'm making a connection with them. And then I realized that it was just that fleeting moment and what I would give to be able to have a connection with more of these people where I could looked at them in the eye and say, I want to be your friend. Um, I had a interview recently with Lady Vi out of Seattle. And Lady Vi is a very well-known pro-dom in Seattle. And mm-hmm. she became infamous when she went to New Orleans and a priest had hired her and another pro-dom to film a porn video inside a Catholic church on an altar. Hmm. And someone, this was in the middle of the night, someone peeked in, got their video camera out, perved inside a window that was cracked, called the police, and she was charged with a hate crime of industrial vandalism. Whoa. And... It happened the exact week she was supposed to be on my show. <sighs> so we finally talked and I, she talked to me because she trusted me to be able to help her tell her story, her side of the story. And I did. And then we talked about who she is and why she is the way she is. She calls herself the Satan matrix <laughs> and She is a wild woman. She is one of those people who you can never guess what she's going to say or what she's going to do or how she's going to look. And she lives her life totally out loud. But when we talked about scenes, she talked about the fact that it all gets down to the connection, Mm -hmm. how one person feels about the other, and that scenes to her are not transactional, especially when they are special. And the soft side of this hardened dominatrix came out. She wrote me a letter saying that her mom listened to the podcast. And it was the first time her mom had heard her as Lady Vi. Hmm. And said that her mom said she didn't realize just how alike she was with her daughter. And how she understood her daughter so much more and that her mom cried. And I started crying reading the note.
0: Yeah.
1: So this long, long answer to your question about vulnerability, I bring it out in other people and I think that's my gift. I give it to other people because that is my gift to them. And if you're not willing to be vulnerable, you're not willing to connect and be open. And I think that that's something that people, especially a lot of men, have to understand, is you think with your heart. Your brain may tell you what to do, but your heart is what truly guides you.
0: All of that. All of that. So I would love to be able to reflect back to you a little bit here. Um. Yeah, everything that you're saying is so beautiful and it's so true. Vulnerability, connection, all of that. And you're right, you do give it to others and it's a gift the way that you're talking. Um, but I do see what you're saying when you tell me that it's difficult for you to receive it for yourself because I know my listeners can't see this, you know, we can see one another, but they're not going to see us. And, and you, uh, you won't look at me when you're telling me these beautiful stories.
1: (laughs) And it's funny because I usually do that. And I think it's because my mind is just working at a different level. Sure, Because I'm connected. I actually feel connected with you from the first time I saw those amazing glasses of yours. (laughs) And you you are calling me out on it but it's not something i usually do i think it's because of the medium we are in that yeah. there's this microphone here and right. the intimacy of that right but i do understand that but so continue please
0: no and the only other thing i want to say is like i john i want to be your friend <laughs> I mean, I just think you are such an incredible offering to this world. And I think that everything that you're doing with the show and yourself, I think you are one of the most fucking brave people I've encountered, you know, to be willing to walk away from a 20 plus year marriage and to be, you know, I don't know what your children know about your life and and how you live it, but certainly they know that you love them with a ferociousness that you are giving to others and I'm sure that they just know you and your heart so well and I just think wow how brave of you to take these steps that you have and even knowing that you know life hasn't quite met you exactly where you're looking to be met yet you know I hear some yearning and I hear some desire I hear some loneliness um, and, and some of those things from you. And I just think your, your differential that you're providing to others, I just have to believe that comes back to you at some point. But I do think the key is that you're going to have to be willing to believe that you are worthy of it. And that is going to be when that flip is, that switch is flipped is when you'll be able to receive it. Um, because my God, I can't imagine having you in my life day in and day out and not wanting to let you know how special you are.
1: Thank you. Thank <laughs> um. To answer a quick question there, my daughter knows uh, about who I am, and she figured it out and told me. She said, oh, Dad, I know. You went to a kink convention. And I'm like, excuse me? She (laughs) goes, I know what it is. Don't worry about it. How did she know? Um, I talked about being at a relationship conference. Yeah. But she... I think she she saw pictures that I like and things like that. So uh, you know, right. I, I think she figured it out. My son is actually a born again Christian and uh, raised by an atheist mother and a father who didn't go to church. Uh, but he became a born again Christian a couple years ago. Is not a preachy one, and I, I give him credit for that because a lot of times it's preachy and and they will judge people, but he doesn't. Do that, which I am very proud of. But he says, "Yeah, Dad, I know you're trying to help people in different kinds of relationships. Not going to be anything that I do, but uh, you, you." He wasn't saying it in a nasty way, but he was saying, "You do you."
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you do you. I just don't need to know about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: But when he walks into my apartment, he sees this on the wall, and so he kind of knows what's going on anyway.
0: <laughs> Yeah, but if he he doesn't want to know, so he's not going to ask. You know, I always think about that. You know, my children are not yet at ages where they're aware of of anything. And if they are aware of things, I have no idea what it Mm -hmm. would be. But yeah, I always always wonder, and I look to people who are parents who, you know, have been able to achieve a level of realness with Mm -hmm. their children. And I just have so much admiration for that. And I also am kind of like what kind of hope that someday I'll be able to have those same levels of at least honesty, even if it's not detailed, you know, with my kids.
1: We had the talk. That was the important thing. But the way we introduced it was a little bit different. My son was nine. My daughter was 11. And we took them to see Bridesmaids. (laughs) I remember that movie. So, you know, it starts with two people who are having sex with each other in a yeah. very, very, very uh, loud way. Yeah. And we took him to see the movie because we wanted to see it. But we took him to see it because after the movie, we've said, OK, you've heard all the cuss words. You've seen uh, some lesbianism. You've seen people having sex. You've seen people being... Uh, being just behaving badly you've seen them drunk you've seen everything kind of all in one place here yeah if you have any questions as to right or wrong ask us but we're not going to hide things from you you've seen an r-rated movie so when all your friends go hey you want to go see an r-rated movie it's no big thing right you've already done it yeah yeah And my son has had two very nice relationships and is about to get engaged at age 22. Wow. My daughter, who suffered from mental health issues ever since she was little, Mm. we're talking age four, hospitalized a number of times for mental health and mental illness. suicidal on a few times luckily she never acted on it yeah dropped out of high school in the sophomore year because she was too scared to face people after playing a season of basketball where a coach my daughter is six foot three the coach basically said everything she did was wrong and caused such anxiety that she felt judged at every point And people judging her was her biggest anxiety. Well, my daughter graduated magna cum laude from the University of Cincinnati in criminal justice, the number one GPA in the school, Wow! trained a service dog to become her companion and not an emotional support dog, a full-blown service dog. When she got tired of her mom constantly putting her down, moved to Minnesota with her non binary partner and their parents, and is living a happy life working for the Humane Society and is about to go to veterinary school.
0: <laughs> Good. For that her. is what
1: you call a miracle. Yeah. And so I share that with people because it doesn't matter what you teach people it's in their heart my son knew what was in his heart and how to behave my daughter I honestly don't know if she's ever been kissed Mm. but I don't think that matters because she loves others dearly and she loves her service dog and her service dog in training and her Her rescue puppy, Beckett, she (laughs) loves all of them. And so we may not have taught him about what sex is about, but we sure as hell taught him what love is about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I mean, obviously, you know, the relationship between you and your former spouse ended, but it sounds like you were able to work together on imparting some things to your children that... At least from the conversation we've had, maybe you didn't you didn't really receive some of that in your own childhood, and sometimes as parents, all we want to be able to do is just make a little bit of a difference in our kids' lives. In a in a, not not that we're saying our parents failed us or anything, but in ways that we didn't receive it, right? Yeah. And it sounds like you've been able to do that with your two.
1: Yeah, my parents didn't fail me at all. They were amazing parents. My dad was yeah. my rock, but we didn't really start getting along until I was in my 20s. Uh, and then he became my best friend. Yeah. And when he died, that's when my depression started, and I've been fighting that ever since. But the actor in me, the former improviser in me, goes to work, and so many people go, John, you're so happy. Everything's great. And they don't realize that when I get home, I cry a lot. Yeah. And that's just who I am. Uh, I would like to not cry a lot, but I'm real. And the, in case you're wondering, and I don't know if anybody is, but in case you're wondering, I don't drink. I've never tried drugs, including marijuana. The last time I had an alcoholic drink was, ironically, the wedding toast at my <laughs> wedding in 1994. <laughs> and so facing the pain of everything that I've gone through has been something that I have done. Yeah. I haven't avoided it. Yeah. And kink has been a little bit of a respite from it. Yeah. It takes me away to a different world. And when I had Mistress Detura from New York City, who's also known as the rubber creature on my show, She was talking to me about the, she calls it mind control and espionage, but she talked about this one thing that she does where she will put someone in an inflatable rubber, basically floating bed Yeah. and inflate it. And it creates an absolute skin tight seal, like a vac bed, except it's floating, except it's on, it's on air. Yeah. And she said people when they get in that will realize that it's an abyss. And their mind can be controlled a little bit while doing that. Hmm. And I just imagine, oh my god, the ability to get away.
0: Yeah. The
1: ability to watch everything go away and just be. Yeah. Please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so peaceful, yeah. right? You know, one question that just popped into my head as you were describing her and, and, and that, you know, that kind of apparatus that you were talking about. Um, I have been fascinated a little bit by, I don't, I have not really done much with latex. I have some latex mm-hmm. stuff that I would love to, to play with. But have you ever um, been kind of vacuum sealed in a latex suit?
1: No, I I got my first latex catsuit and I actually wrote a blog about it uh, called uh, not uh, something like when things don't quite work out right or something like that, because (laughs) I bought this custom made latex catsuit and it's still too big. Um, Mm. And latex catsuits are not supposed to be big. And when you're six (laughs) foot four and weigh 240 pounds, yeah, it's big. Um, I have not a vac bed or a vac cube has been at the top of my bucket list and supposedly the owner of the local space is bringing in a vac bed in April. And I said, I'm going to show up at seven in the morning right, to I'm be first. the first one to Dibs. be able to go into it. <laughs> it is something that I desperately want to, to try. Yeah. Latex, uh, has been something that's been relatively new for me. I actually saw at uh, at Winter Wickedness. It keeps going back to this Winter Wickedness place, which was a uh, King conference in Columbus, Ohio, and it okay. happened just before COVID hit. Okay. And I'm walking down the hallway with my friend Ivy, and I'm just going do 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 walking on down, and this. In the hallway, the hotel room door to a room is open and I look in and I walk on by and I literally stop in my tracks and I walk backwards four steps <laughs> and I look over and there is a woman in a latex cat sit. I had seen it in pictures, but I'd never seen it in person. Yeah. And her name is Pear Blossom. She's from Toledo. And she came out and she goes, do you want to touch it? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. And she let me touch it. And Ivy swears that I fainted, but I I did not faint. But she says, <laughs> you, you look like your knees were wobbling. Mm. And so seeing that, I was like, wow, that would be amazing. So when I started working with uh, the dom that had worked with me late last year, Our first scene, she was wearing a latex catsuit and it was like heaven because she was amazing looking in it. And I went to order mine. And as I said, it didn't quite come out right. Hopefully I can do some modifications to make, make it look good. Or I order a new one and take about two centimeters off of every single measurement and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> cover myself in lube and get myself in it. <laughs> but I am hoping to be able to enjoy some of those things as time goes on. My dream right now when it comes to kink and me and the public is that I can hopefully start being a moderator or presenter at King conferences because I think, and this is one of the few times you'll hear my ego talking because my ego left me about seven years ago (laughs) is I think I would be a hell of a moderator for panels at King conferences where people are talking about things and to be able to bring different viewpoints in. I want to do live versions of my shows at places like DomCon and FetCon. Yeah. And so that's what I'm hoping will be the ticket to me being able to go out and experience some of this stuff because I talk about it every week, usually twice a week, and I don't get a chance to experience it. And it's a little heartbreaking sometimes. Yeah, you need need that. You need that. At the same time, this is this is the vulnerable me and unselfish me. I realize that many of the people I talk to are professionals. and so I don't know if I can expect that they'd want to play with me or if they want to play with me, is it a transaction or is it a connection? Some right. of them are lifestyle as well. yeah, and I think the two people that have mentioned that to me, are both lifestyle and pro. And I think that they realize that they have a connection with me. Yeah. And I'm about to have um, one of them uh, back on the show for the second time since we started because she inspired me to start doing aerobics again because she started a program called Latexercise and I found her on the internet and I interviewed her for the podcast and I was just inspired, and uh, they, they said, the main thing is to feel like you're powerful and f- make it fun. And so I said, well, it would be fun if I could do aerobics like it was done back in the 80s and just put on like leotards and tights and do it myself. Why can't I do that? So I went and bought a step. I have an aerobics instructor out of Philadelphia that I watch her videos. And every morning before I go to work, I put on leotards and tights and I do a full 30 minute step aerobic workout because it makes me feel good.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. I remember doing that too when I was, you know, I was, I was born in the seventies, you Mm -hmm. know, so child of the eighties and definitely remember doing jazzercise with my mom in our (laughs) leotards and in the living room. And yeah, I love that for you. That's awesome.
1: If you, I saw, I saw a video of Judy Shepard Miss at the woman behind jazzercise. Oh my God. She was so cheesy. so (laughs) cheesy.
0: Totally. Totally. But you gotta love it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, John. Thank you so much for showing up here today. For being such a beautiful and vulnerable guest, we talked about vulnerability before we even started, so I knew it would feel that way. But gosh, what a what a beautiful conversation! Thank you so much for your time and for thank sharing yourself.
1: And thank you. You are a lovely human being. I'm glad we connected, and I'll have to send you a notebook. <laughs> I would love that. Absolutely.